I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. Their name is Rio Cruz, and they recently moved to Freshwater from San Juan, Puerto Rico, with their dads, Javi and Kevin. They live just a quick bike ride from me in a small and really pretty blue brick home with their labradoodle, Sana. The cruises are super close to each other. They have a cruise family tradition that I will let Rio describe. Thanks, Rebecca. So every Thursday, my dads and I break out a giant soup pot that has been passed down for generations and make something called asapao de pollo. Asapao is a delicious, and I mean delicious, stew that can vary in recipe. But ours has rice, chicken, corn, tomato sauce, and so many delicious seasonings like oregano, sazon, adobo, sofrito, and more. Did I mention it's delicious? <laughs> you definitely did, Rio. Well, it's true. My family and community back home believe in a creation story where our ancestors were created by a hummingbird god that turned pollen into people and who lives among the stars. So my dads and I cook the asopal together, light candles, and place a bowl of stew at our altar to thank the ancestors for our tasty meal. All under the shine from a hummingbird constellation called Comunidad Colibri, Hummingbird Community. It's not as visible here in freshwater as it is in PR, but it's still pretty beautiful. We spend the rest of the night catching up on our weeks, listening to music, and just enjoying each other's company. It's my favorite night of the week. I love my dads so much, which is why I basically went to the ends of the earth to find them. Well, Zala and I did. You did. And Rio is here to tell you all that unbelievable frog-filled story. It all happened about a month after me and my dad's moved in. It seemed like a regular Thursday. I had gone that morning to pick up some post-dinner treats from the bakery, picked up some fresh blueberries for Zala and her dad, and stopped for a bit to chat with Rebecca before heading back home for dinner. My family makes everything for Asapal from scratch, so it can be a long process. Both my dad and Papi were home, they own their own tailoring business. So they take off just for this day every single week. They are both really handsome and always well-dressed. My dad Javi is known for his three foot long locks and for never leaving home without wearing a bow tie. My papi Kevin has an Afro and probably owns at least 15 pairs of glasses. Wow, that makes a lot of sense actually. Every time I've seen him, he always seems to be wearing a completely new pair that matches his outfit. He also uses a blue cane with hummingbirds on it, which helps him get around. Yep. My parents are where I got my impeccable sense of style from. Wink, wink. Rio, is that you? Uh, yes. My dad and Poppy were waiting for me in the living room where we were met by a very excited Sana. Sana town. That was my poppy, Kevin. The first voice was my dad, Javi. Hi, girl. I did a little command. I had taught Sana. Dad, Sana. 
She got up on her back two legs and twirled around. We all laughed and cheered. (laughs) (laughs) We were just lighting some candles and placing some sunflowers on the altar. Can I place my offering at the altar now, Poppy? I have some blueberries Zala freshly picked and gave to me this morning. That's perfect. Go ahead. I walked up to the altar, bowed, and then placed the blueberries on a small plate. The altar was beautifully decorated with a red velvet sheet, three white candles, sunflowers, and small dishes and cups that held water, honey, and coffee grounds. And now, the blueberries. Why don't you head upstairs and wash your hands so we can start dinner? You got it. I rushed up to my bathroom to get all cleaned up. The sooner my hands were clean, the closer I was to eating asopao. I had just made it to the bathroom door when suddenly, the room around me began to shake. I stood in the doorframe for safety just in case it was an earthquake, which was really odd because although I'm new to fresh water, I know earthquakes are not common here. The earthquake was over just as soon as it began. I immediately ran downstairs to check on my dad's, but when I got to the kitchen, Dad, Papi, uh, they weren't there, and Sana would not stop barking at the sky. I searched the other rooms, but no such luck. It seemed like my dads were gone, but why would they leave me and Sana here in an earthquake? I left the house in case they went outside to check on everyone in the aftermath, but they weren't outside either. I was so worried and I wasn't feeling too good. My head was aching and my skin started to feel cold and clammy. And if I didn't know any better, it seemed like I was getting smaller and turning yellow. My fingers are changing. I have little discs on my fingers. I'm a, I'm a frog. Ah! Suddenly, I was no longer a two-legged human, but a small yellow frog, specifically known as the common cookies, which is typically found on my native island in Puerto Rico. I looked at myself in a shop window and I couldn't believe my eyes. How did this happen? Wait, what's that sound? Suddenly, the streets began to fill with small yellow frogs crying out the sound they are named for. Koki! Koki! Who are all these Kokis? Where did they come from? I hopped over to one that was nearby. Hello? Can you understand me? It's it's Rio. Rio Cruz? Rio, it's me, Zala. And the other frogs are a bunch of kids from town. Did you feel that earthquake? I sure did. I was looking for my dad's when all of a sudden I turned into a koki. You were looking for your dad's? Are they missing? My dad is missing too. It was all... Very strange, but we knew. The earthquake, the missing parents, and the kids of freshwater turning into coquies? It had all been related. It all had to be related. And we had to get to the bottom of it. 
that's when it hit me. Zala and I could use Sana to track down our dads by following their scent. If we could get her to trust us first, we raced back to Rio's house as fast as our little frog bodies could take us and grabbed one of my dad's bow ties to bring to Sana. Sana took one look at us and started growling. She must have thought we were stealing my dad's bow tie. Then I, I got another idea, a way to prove it was us. Sana, dance. She did a twirl and then gently nudged us with her nose. Sana, dad and Papi are missing. So is Zala's dad. Sana pointed her nose up toward the ceiling again. Did my dad get pulled through the ceiling? How? Can you take us to them? She sniffed the bow tie and then bent down so we could climb on her back. I always thought it would be fun to hitch a ride on a dog. I never thought this is how it would happen. Sana started sniffing the ground and carrying us through town. She took us past the town square, the bakery, and even past Zala and her dad's cabin, right to the edge of the forest. Normally, the forest doesn't scare me as much, but since I was a two-inch long frog, it looked much bigger and darker and creepier than usual. But if that's where my dad's and hopefully everyone else's parents were, then we needed to go in. I gave Sana a soft pat to tell her, go on, and we kept going deeper and deeper into the trees. In the distance, we could still hear the Koki kids crying. Koki, Koki. Sana finally stopped at the bottom of a tree. Everything was quiet, except for a faint cry above us. <laughs> it sounded different than the cry of a Koki. It sounded like a human. Zala and I used our new frog feet to carefully climb up the tree. It felt like forever, but we used our size to our advantage and crept up so whoever it was that was crying wouldn't spot us. When we reached the top, we saw a gigantic nest. And crying in the corner was not a human, but a giant being with the body of a child and wings of a hummingbird. Their wings looked crumpled, and in their hands was a basket full of the freshwater parents. Our dads! Who are you? Get away from my parents! Your parents? Those are our parents! Who are you? I am Colibri, the god of this forest, and these may have been your parents once upon a time, but now they are mine! Mine! <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Colibri gripped the basket tight to their chest. Ah! A god? You're just a kid. A kid with wings, but still, just a kid. And those are the kids of Freshwater's parents, not yours. Give them back. Freshwater? What's Freshwater? Freshwater is the town this forest is in. The town whose houses you shook to take away all of the parents. Don't you have your own? What gives you the right to take ours? I am an all-powerful god. I can do whatever I want. Leave my forest now, before I throw you two little frogs out. I don't think so. 
and you didn't answer my other question. Don't you have parents of your own? Where are they? My parents are... Well, they are... I don't know. <laughs> Whatever anger we felt started to dissolve. Deep down, this all-powerful God was just a kid who was missing their parents. We knew what that was like, and we knew we could use that to our advantage. You don't know where your parents are? How did you get here? It was around a week ago. The last thing I remember is flying with my parents, and then suddenly I was struck by something fast and bright. I tried to grab onto my mother, but I only tugged on one of her feathers. Then I was falling so far down, it felt like centuries. And I landed here, with my wings broken and no memory of where I used to be. All I knew was that I wanted to go back home, wherever that was. I thought my parents would come and get me, but no one came. Since I am stuck here forever, apparently, I built myself this nest and decided I would get myself some new parents. Your town has loads of them, so there's bound to be some good ones for me. I just have to look through them and choose. And now all of you are coquis, so you don't need them anymore. But we don't want to be coquis. We want to be ourselves again and to be with our parents. Don't you? You said so yourself. You miss your parents. And so do we. What if we helped you find your family? Would you make everything go back to normal? You... You'd do that for me? You'd help me find my parents? Of course. Everyone deserves to be safe at home with their families. But you have to promise to change everyone back. Promise? I... I promise. Colibri flew us back down Asana, our helpful little sniffer. Although... We were still cocky, so I guess she was our helpful big sniffer. We explained the plan to Sana, getting her to smell Colibri's mother's feather in the hopes that she would lead us right to their parents. We climbed onto Sana's back with Colibri following close behind with the basket in their hand. We ran out through the forest, back past Sala's cabin, the bakery, and the town square right to my backyard. What are we doing here? It was dark out by now, and the moon was shining brightly. The sky was freckled with stars. Was Sana confused? How could Colibri's parents be here? Sana raised her head and began to howl at the sky, just like she did when the earthquake happened. What is it, girl? All that's up there is the moon and the Comunidad Colibri constellation. Uh Huh? That's weird. What is it? Where are my parents? You didn't find my parents! There's a star missing. Do y'all see it? Right there. Bottom right. Rio is right. It looks like there's a large gap in the constellation. And that's when it all came together. Colibri falling from the sky, Sana leading us to my backyard, her barking at the stars, Colibri was the missing star in the constellation. Colibri, we did find your parents. Up there, 
in the Comunidad Colibri. That's where they are. That's where your home is. It is? I see. But wait, how do I get back up there? How are we supposed to get Colibri back into the sky? We were just two Kokis, one dog, and one god with no functioning wings to be found. And it wasn't like we had a jetpack or a trampoline that could get them home. What could we do? You know? There's a song my dads used to sing to me when I was really little that reminds me of this. Maybe it will help us find an answer? It's worth a shot. It's called Comunidad Colibri, like the constellation. Colibri, colibri, high in the tree. Cry no more, cry no more, happy you will be. Colibri, colibri, you'll fly again, you'll see. Cry no more, we'll heal what's sore. With the love of community. The love of community. What happened next was so magical. As I was singing, Colibri's wings started to heal. I remember. I remember where my family is. I remember where my home is. <laughs> Colibri picked me, Zala, and Sana up in their hands and spun us around. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so sorry that I took your parents. I was sad and confused, but I should have asked for help. A promise is a promise. I will return all of the kids and parents back to normal and back to their homes. Colibri waved their hands over the basket and it disappeared, leaving in its place. Dad? Poppy! Dad! Our dads were back and we were no longer Cokies. We ran to give them a big hug. Then we all stood and watched as Colibri fluttered their wings and flew higher and higher, getting smaller and smaller until they took their place back in the sky. Thank you! <laughs> the gap in the Comunidad Colibri constellation was filled once again with a beautiful star that almost seemed like it winked at us. I was so glad to have my dads back, and they were glad to be back. They were so grateful to me, Sana, and Zala that they invited Zala and her dad over to celebrate with us. <laughs> we were up pretty late, <laughs> cooking the asopal and chatting and finally placing a bowl of asopal at our altar. We finished the night by standing under the stars, feeling oh so thankful for our friends, families, ancestors, and delicious stew. That was Rio and the Case of the Cokies by Imani Russell. Produced by Chad Chennai and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. This episode featured the voices of Ashton Muniz, Johnny Cortez, Adriana Colon, Rebecca Cunningham, and me, Chad Chennai. 